Hi, my name's Laura Lake, and I'm the Chief Investment Officer at Breckenridge Capital Advisors. And I'm very happy to be here today with Janet Cal, CEO of Girls Who Invest. Thanks for joining us, Janet. Happy to be here. So today we want to take some time to focus on women in the asset management industry. Breckenridge has recently established a formal partnership with Girls Who Invest, and we're really excited about it. And as we have International Women's Day coming up, and as we celebrate that, we thought this would be a good opportunity to raise awareness of the state of women in the asset management industry, and also talk about the mission of Girls Who Invest, which has a very lofty goal, I might add. 30% of the world's investable capital managed by women by 2030. It's a fantastic goal, Janet. <laughs> Thank you. We aim high. That's awesome. Well, we thought we'd go through this podcast with Janet and I starting off talking a bit about our backgrounds, what drew us each to Girls Who Invest, and lastly, really talking about the state of gender diversity in the asset management industry. Um, so Janet, I'm happy to kick it off and start with my background and then turn it over to you. Yeah, that sounds great. So for me, I actually spent my entire career in financial services. Um, I've worked for a total of eight companies, both in the U.S. and the U.K., and when I think about the themes of gender diversity, it's been pretty similar across both continents and across multiple companies. Starting at the very beginning, right out of college, first job, I was actually answering phones uh, for 401k plan participants, which is a big learning experience for me. After that, I became an assistant on a team of fixed income portfolio managers, and that was really my first insight into the investment management industry and really starting to, to learn the business. Since then, I've done a number of different things. I've run a manager research group, managed money for a variety of different institutional client types, actually spent the longest period running money for insurance companies, which has led me to my current role at Breckenridge. And one of the things I'm really excited about being part of the Breckenridge team is that as a firm, we, we do really strive to incorporate diverse points of view. And relative to our peers in the industry, I think we've been really successful in developing gender diversity, and not just on the investment team, but really across the firm. And that's one of the reasons I'm excited that we're partnering with Girls Who Invest. So that's kind of my quick background. I'll turn it over to you, Janet. Great. Um, so, uh, Laura, my story is much more of a winding road than yours. I started out, I was an exchange student in high school and then again in college, and ended up uh, studying Chinese and went to Southeast Asia um, after I graduated college to find a, a job and ended up as a securities analyst with Hong Kong Shanghai Bank and Lehman Brothers covering Southeast Asia. And then uh, went back to business school and sort of shifted out of that and more into general business consulting and management but then got back to it because I ran for public office. That's very exciting. Interest in, yeah, I always had an interest in politics and elected service. And so I was city council, state senate, and then I ran for treasurer, which in North Carolina, which was where I ran, um, I managed over $100 billion for the state pension fund that covered about 800,000 people at the time. And also all the public debt. So I managed both, um, you know, all the local governments that wanted to issue debt for roads and schools and water sewer. We, we covered all that, too. So did that for eight years and then decided um, to get out of public service 
Well, and that will that would lead to the second part of your question, which is how did you end up with girls who invest, which I can leap into if you want to go on to that. That's perfect. And your background and a variety of experiences you've had really provides, I'm sure, a great level of insight into what's going on in our industry. Yeah, well, when you are treasurer or managing a pension that large, one of the first conversations I had was actually with the treasurer of Connecticut, which was Denise Napier at the time. And she said, you know, you manage all this money for the majority of our pensioners are women and minorities, but only like 2% of the money is actually managed. The money managers are women or minorities. I was like, oh, I mean, I just hadn't thought about it. But as the streams of money managers come through your office, um, you start realizing mm, there's, there is a lack of diversity. And so when I was treasurer, we started a number of programs to try and address that while still maximizing returns for pensioners. And that included, as an active shareholder in a lot of stocks, working with other pensions to promote more diverse boards and transparency of boards. And through that work, I got interested in, you know, the issue of women and the underrepresentation across, right, the spectrum of business, including investment management, but also in executive um, board positions. Um, and we did a number of other initiatives to try and facilitate the next generation of um, investment managers, you know, getting a foothold in the industry. But um, I met Seema Hingarani, who was the founder of Girls Who Invest, um, through her role, she was with the New York City Pension, and uh, was sort of cheering her on from the sidelines, got on the advisory board, and then ended up running the organization, um, and have been doing that for about two years. I'm sure they're happy to have you running the organization. And as I think about your story and the comment that you made about Pipeline, and how do we have young women that really understand that a career in investing is, it's out there and it's something that they could do and it's something they actually may be well suited for. That's a huge part of trying to change really the dynamics of our industry that you're talking about. And I guess for me, when I think back about my college years, uh, I was an economics major and I remember in my introduction to economics class, it, there was a fair amount of diversity from a gender perspective. But by the time I reached my senior year, the percentage of women in my class was I don't know, more like 10 or 20 percent. And clearly economics is a degree that is fairly well suited for the asset management industry. And just as my four years in undergrad went on, I saw that pool shrinking. So I think the ability that Girls Who Invest has to influence that pipeline is really valuable. And you just think more broadly about college graduates. 60% are women. And then when you think about medical and law school students, about 50% of those are women. Compare that to financial services, where the CFA Institute did a study looking at CFA charter holders, where only 20% of charter holders are women. So as an industry, gender diversity isn't the same as what we're seeing in other professions, which I think is interesting. Yeah, and we um, we definitely have seen two things with young women. We did a big survey last year of about a thousand different freshmen, sophomores in college, and find that there's one an interest gap. They just don't think this is an industry where you know they're going to be at home. That there's people that look like them. That they could be successful. 
even if uh, young women get over that hurdle, then there's the confidence gap. And they think, well, you know, I'm interested, but I just don't think I can compete. I don't have any background in this. I don't have the technical training. And uh, part of the Girls Who Invest strategy is to, one, you know, try to get their confidence up by giving them an education, like a four-week boot camp, giving them an actual job because there's no, you know, nothing to substitute for actually uh, real-life experience to build your confidence and know that you can do this. And then also give them a community that is supportive and there for them and, and mentoring. So that's the sort of combination of things we do working with firms like Breckenridge um, who then offer those internships and um, mentor those women you know, in the workplace. That's really helpful. I'm curious to hear some stories either of individuals or organizations that you've partnered with in the past and the impact and the changes that you've seen there. Yeah, well, you know, when Seema started this, even five years ago, things have changed a lot because when she was knocking on doors in the early days, people were like, oh, we don't want to hire like a 19-year-old or, I mean, that's just too young. We don't take undergraduate interns. We don't do sophomore interns. And now we're seeing just in the last few years, so many firms are deciding, you know what, if we're going to compete and actually attract women, we got to start building those relationships when they're young. And they are doing more undergraduate internships. And we've seen a massive, you know, uh, increase in the number of interns they're bringing in, trying to systematize and formalize those across their whole organization. And then we've also seen firms that thought, you know, we kind of have to wait, they have to finish college, then they have to go to investment banking, and then they've got to do this and realize we're not going to get any women through all that because they're all going to be gone, kind of like your undergraduate college. They were all gone by senior year. So now we've got firms that are even like private equity firms that are hiring directly out of undergrad and deciding, you know, we're going to do more of the training ourselves. We're not going to wait for other people to do that for us because it's not working out for us. That makes a lot of sense. And those are really positive changes that we're seeing and shows how far our industry has come, especially when I think back to when I started. There was a McKinsey study that looked at people in the early stages of the career, specifically in financial services, and they found that women were just as likely as men to ask for a promotion, but much less likely to receive that promotion. And so that's something that really starts early on, and it's a process that follows through all along women's careers, starting to lag behind their male counterparts. And you can really see this as we look at leadership within asset management companies, women are just less represented. And organizations like Girls Who Invest that really are dedicated to increasing the number of women in executive leadership, I think that's really gonna go a long way to change the landscape of the investing industry. And I'll share a personal experience where Early in my career, and this is back in the 1990s, um, I actually asked for a promotion from my boss, and it was a fascinating turn of events. He actually said that he'd have to promote my male counterpart before he could promote me because, and I will quote, you can't keep a man in an entry-level job as long as you can a woman. Now, this was several decades ago, and it is amazing how much our industry has changed. I do think we still have a long way to go, but what Girls Who Invest is doing can have a dramatic positive impact for our industry for the long term. 
Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear <laughs> that story, but yeah, you're right. I think things have changed a lot for the better, but um, not to say that we don't still have a lot of progress to go, but um, we definitely try to prepare our women as part of the training on both soft skills, you know, technical skills, but, you know, working, uh, talking about the environments and things they might encounter, and then how do you best deal with that. And that's where I think that mentorship and support network so that when a young woman is confronted with a, a, you know, a situation like you were, you're not alone, right? And you can get advice on how to best handle Yeah, that. I think that's a, a important part. And I think about my career looking back, how it's progressed. The mentors I've had have been a huge positive. I have both men and women mentors, but really the majority have been men. And they've been invaluable in helping me understand how to navigate my career, how to think through various issues and situations. So I think that pairing that Girls to Invest offers is a very important part of the program. Yeah, and and as you just said, we do have men and women uh, on our board as mentors, as sponsors, because you, you have to have everyone working together, right, to bring up this next generation. It can't just be, uh, you know, the few women. It's exactly true. And Janet, as we wrap up this podcast, we've talked about a lot of factors that contribute to the state of women in the asset management industry, especially if the amount of women in leadership. If you had to pick the primary factor behind this, what would you pick? Well, I mean, I don't know if this is the primary, but it's one that we we really try to address, which is the recruiting for young women going into the industry is gotten so aggressive and so fast moving and you know there's pressure to make decisions and what we find is and i think this is men and women right student young students who just take the biggest brand name that they see they go with the safest alternative and they're not making good decisions that really take into account their personality their talents their interest and what they want to do So trying to slow that train down and tell themselves, give yourself time, explore all your options, find out, I mean, this could go beyond finance, but within finance, you know, go work at a fixed income shop like Breckenridge, find out what that's about. If you're interested in equities, go do an equity internship. Maybe you want to do private wealth, like explore the terrain so that you, when you do make a decision about getting a job, you are very confident, right, that you understand, you, you factored things in, you know who your supervisor is, you know what your interests are, and then you're going to have a lot more sticking power. And we have found, so 80% of our scholars have stayed in the industry. Of course, we're five years old, so these are all, you know, still early days. But I think that that, you know, the, the proof will be in the pudding as to, you know, how these women progress and, and are retained in the industry. But at least we feel like we've given them a really good foundation to make good decisions up front. I think it's an amazing opportunity to be able to see what's going on in our industry at such a young age and a, just a fantastic opportunity for these young women. Well, we're so happy to be partnered with you and, I mean, with the Fixed Income Shop and Laura, with your background, having worked in insurance and all the different industries, um, you're going to be a great role model for, for these well, young great. women. great. I really appreciate that. Again, we're excited to partner with you and be part of the expanding pipeline of really just more qualified candidates in our industry 
and a more diverse employee base. I think it'll be a nice reflection of really what's going on in broader society. And if I had to pick the main thing that really excites me about this partnership, it's the chance for us to help change the face and the nature of our industry for the better and for the next generation. So thank you so much for coming on this podcast today. It's been wonderful chatting with you. You too, Laura. We look forward to working with you thank this Thank you summer. again.